What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Thank you for listening to episode 51. Ronnie, you had a big week on Monday the 6th. You uh, released uh, the latest update of the Fab 50 National Rankings, and it was uh, you, had a, you had a kind of a big layoff between the last two because of so many games, so many Just tournaments. So many games, yeah. So many results you had to sort through. <clears throat> um, but Mount Verde Academy is still number one out of... Uh, uh, Florida. Uh, I'll run down the top 10 and then we can get into kind of what happened locally and, and then nationally as well. Sure. Uh, Montverde Academy, number one. Hamilton Heights Christian Academy out of Tennessee is number two. Number three is Oak Hill Academy out of Mouth of Wilson, Virginia. Uh, number four, Wasatch Academy made a big jump up. Uh, number five, probably one of the, the bigger jumps uh, nationally, uh, Dorman out of South Carolina. Uh, number six is Sunrise Christian Academy. Seven, St. John's out of D.C. Eight is IMG Academy. Nine, DeMatha Catholic. And ten is St. Francis Academy. Um, the highest-ranked Southern California team, Ronnie, is Rancho Christian at number 17, and they were not ranked before that, but obviously the big win over Sierra, Sierra Canyon at the Classic Damien and then the uh, revenge victory over Santa Clarita Christian at the Real Run Winter Classic kind of catapulted them into that that top spot in California. Is that right? Yeah, I think the, the big takeaway from Rancho Christian you just kind of forget because there's so many games is why did they drop out is really because they lost to Santa Clarita Christian yep. and, and Sierra Canyon rolled them. Yeah. So it was like, okay, you know, they're having problems, uh, you know, with the continuity, the guards are not playing that great right now. They didn't, you know, obviously Sheldon won the battle zone. So Sierra Canyon rolls Santa Clarita Christian and Sierra Canyon's rolling. They're 14 and 0. So, then they play. Obviously, Zaire Williams comes back. Now Sierra Canyon's lost two of three. Yeah. You know, they lose to Minnehaha Academy, so they right. drop behind Rancho Christian now. And Sierra Canyon's from 6 to 20. So now they've lost two out of three. And now, But the funny thing is they're going to come right back and play Rancho Christian again this weekend. So they kind of have a chance to right the <laughs> right, ship. They, they play Saturday at, the 11th at Pasadena, right? City. At Pasadena City College. That'll be... Yeah. Televised on KDOC TV yeah. with our guy Paul Westfall on the call. Yep. Um, so, it, so it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. How no, that's the uh, big result. That's what's going to Sierra Canyon. Yeah. Like you said yeah. before, yeah. the season even started, they could play four times. They could play four times this season, twice yeah. in the regular season, uh, potentially twice in the playoffs in the open division Southern section, and potentially yeah. open division state playoffs. Um, Ronnie, let's move again. Let's let's keep it local before we bring on uh, our sure. first guest. And uh, this is probably one of the surprise teams in the country, sure. in Southern California, in the state. Surprise Wherever. team anywhere. Yeah. It's Corona Centennial. Uh, they're at number 24 after being yeah. not ranked. They won the Tarkanian Classic. They won the King Cotton Classic. Um, yeah, they're playing great. They're, they're playing really well. So that's the key. And one was the thing, okay, what am I going to do with Corona Centennial? They beat uh, Rancho Christian, right, early. Yeah, at the battle zone, in the third early. place game. Yeah, so they beat him early again. So Rancho Christian knocks off Sierra Canyon. Uh, I'm not sure Corona Centennial. Yeah, they, they have some good ones, but I'm not sure they have a, quite a win like that just yet. But they could. But I guess the key more is the Santa Clarita Christian. So we saw the game. Rancho Christian comes back and beats Santa Clarita Christian. It was handily. So, it was yeah, so 80, handily. So they're yeah, playing a lot better. So the, one of the credences for the rankings for the recent is I want to reward teams how they're playing more a little bit more recently than now November's kind of a long time. Some teams have already played 20 games or close to 20 games. Again, in some states in New Jersey and like that, teams have only played five. So, But, you know, in California we have a good amount of games right. to where teams have 
have played. So I think you got to penalize Corona Centennial a bit because you can make the case they can be ranked higher than Rancho Christian, but then you're not penalizing them for losing to Harvard Westlake at all. Yeah. That's, yeah, this, yeah. I, I don't envy you yeah, your position yeah, when you do yeah. these things. Uh, yeah. Especially. And Sheldon, because Sheldon yeah. won that tournament. Sheldon won the tournament. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think that's a, that's a respectable yeah. spot for, 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 for Centennial. Corona Centennial. Sure. Could they beat, great ball. Could they beat Rancho Christian? Yes, they could. Sure. Could they beat Sierra Canyon? Maybe. Maybe. There's a huge size differential yeah. when it comes to Corona Centennial versus Sierra Canyon. But if Corona Centennial is shooting the way they have been lately, they could probably you know play with and beat anybody sure. at any time. Um, the next ranked team in, out of California is Modern Day uh, at number 35. Yeah, uh, They opened Trinity League play last night with a win over Orange Lutheran. I believe Which they won. Which is not the, unexpected. Yeah, yeah, they won the Les Schwab Invitational, correct, over Eastside Catholic, yes. uh, Sammamish, Washington, who's right behind them. Yeah, and, and they beat six, Gorman. And they beat Bishop Gorman as uh, some uh, me, excuse me, Eastside Catholic yeah. did yeah. beat Bishop Gorman the quarterfinals in the Schwab. So it makes sense that that West makes sense because Bishop Gorman's lost to Corona Centennial, so they're behind them. Yeah, I miss I miss Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon Sheldon's at thirty one. Sheldon beat Bishop Gorman. Uh, Sheldon lost to Bishop Gorman. Wow. And Sheldon also lost to Jay Sarah without Marcus Bagley. Right, Bagley wasn't playing. But that's Sheldon a huge, beat Modern Day. But that's a huge. Uh, yeah, Marcus Bagley is a huge piece. Yeah, for sure, major piece. And that's they went to 20, the finals without that's him. That's twenty-five to thirty points in a game. Yeah, and they lost basically at the buzzer. Right, and you know you got to give Sheldon some credit for beating Modern Day. No, you have always. Yeah, so that's so that, that order yeah. makes sense. The only little tricky thing is Rancho Christian Corona Centennial, which I think will it'll um, kind of play itself out if Rancho Christian beats. Sierra Canyon for the second time, I, I I think they're a slam dunk number one for now. Yeah. If they lose, then guess what? Rancho Christian goes right behind Corona Centennial again, <laughs> unless they drop a game in league, which doesn't look like they're going to do right now. Corona Centennial or Rancho Christian? Corona Centennial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the only team they could possibly lose to in their league is Roosevelt. Yeah. And yeah. They'd have even to play then, really that's a stretch. Good. Roosevelt yeah. would have to play great. Yeah. Um, to uh, to do that, but uh, I think we're we're gonna have. Coach Josh Giles on here in a second. Yeah, and that'll be one great. of the one things I want to ask him about. Probably the first question I'll ask him about is uh, how how are they doing this without yeah. you know they lost three starters to transfer. So yeah, without a guy taller than really six four. Right. We can recap this real quick before we bring him on. Um, Jalen Clark, one of the top you know ten seniors in the state, transferred to Etiwanda. Um, DJ Davis, one of the better shooters in the state, transferred to Riverside Poly. Uh, and then Dennis Cash, our guy Dennis Cash, six six athletic, you know, Group. rim protector, yeah. shot yeah. blocker, rebounder, transferred to Trinity Prep in in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, Dacian to play alongside Dacian Nix, um, and those are three Division One committed, uh, two Division One currently committed players, Cash to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, DJ Davis to UC Irvine, and then Jalen Clark's going to go probably Pac twelve, kind of pick where he yeah, wants. he's probably going to go in the Pac twelve, I'm I'm assuming. Uh, so, and then you have, you start like two freshmen and you bring two freshmen off the bench in key roles and you got, <laughs> you got a senior, a six foot one senior point guard, Paris Dawson, who's just a winner. Um, that's how they're doing it. They're making shots. And coach Josh Giles is a, you know, he's kind of a hard ass coach. Yeah. And that's, he's doing you know, a really good job with this team. Obviously I think everybody that's universal. What have I, you I've, seen out of them? I've seen that, um, they don't waste no time. They don't waste no movements. They keep the ball moving. They cut hard. Uh, not a lot of dribbling, not a lot of uh, unnecessary play. If you don't do your job, you're kind of out of the game. They really defend the ball. 
Um, they, that is and, that is true. They do and, defend the basketball. Yeah. So if you have coordinated players and they're all six two, six one, five eleven, you expect them to move their feet, defend the ball, and stay in front of their guy. Especially if they're trying to be big, big time high school players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes you get high school teams and they have a guy six eight, six seven. Uh, you know, various sites. They don't move very well. Yeah, well, the guards yeah. can take plays off and funnel to the to yeah. the shot blocker or whatnot. But yeah, Corona Centennial does not do that, and Corona Centennial is in fact not dead. We have Coach Josh Giles on the line. Coach <laughs> Coach Giles, we were just laughing. You know, three three starters transfer. Uh, you know, three Division One you know caliber basketball players, and here you are, uh, the number three ranked team in in the state and the number twenty four overall in the Fab Fifty. How how have you done it? Um. I think the biggest the biggest thing is that we have a group of guys that are um, 100% bought in to mm-hmm. what it is that we are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I was asked that question. I've been asked that question a bunch so far this year, um, and I just keep saying, like, if you've ever seen the mirror, uh, the the movie Miracle, you know, the coach talks about you don't need. You know, he goes, "I'm not looking for the most talented guys. I'm looking for the right guys." Mm-hmm. And I feel that right now we have a collection of the right guys. Um, you know, every day in practice, like if you got, if, if anybody's seen us playing, you're like, man, those guys play really, really hard. They're like that in practice. Um, they're like that when we condition. They're like that when we're in the weight room. Um, so from a coaching standpoint, it's really, really fun to coach. And I told team, like I've told people this is, and I've told them, this is not the most talented team that I've had since I've been here at Centennial. But you can make the argument that they may work the hardest. Okay. And I think Paris Dawson kind of sets the tone for the team. Um, you've got you guys, you and your staff has have mentioned that a lot of times to various people. Um, what is it about Paris Dawson this season and even last season that kind of makes him the leader of this team? I think uh, there's so many examples of it, but I just think that every every coach I think would love to have a, a guy like a Paris Dawson on their team. And we have such a young group of guys, you know, we have five freshmen and sophomores that are play significant minutes in our rotation. And the example is being set by a division one guard, um, that he's the first guy to practice. Mm-hmm. He's the last guy to leave. Um, he stays and does extra work. He comes in on days off. You know, we were having our battle zone tournament during the week of Thanksgiving and on Thanksgiving morning, I had to come by the school to do some stuff at the gym, and Paris is waiting for me. You know, he, you know, he's waiting at the door on Thanksgiving morning. Right. Um, you know, on Christmas morning, um, before his family came over, he drove by my house, picked up the keys, I opened up the gym for him, and he got in like a two-hour workout on Christmas morning before his family came over to the house. You know, what I mean, it's like, it's things like that that just set the tone for a young team when you know when your quote unquote best player is your hardest worker, that's, that, that's a huge thing for a team. That's a huge example to be set. And he does it not when it's convenient, not when everybody's around, he does it when nobody's watching, which I think is even more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach, like you mentioned, you guys uh, drop a, a game at, at your own tournament. Sheldon won it. Uh, what changed maybe between then and Tark? Did anything change or is just, hey, those are good teams. And, and you guys just got it rolling at Tark. Did anything change? Did you guys, uh, did the players notice, hey, we got to pick it up? Or, you know, did uh, did you guys just get, you know, get to plane ride and get the nice breaks? I, I think that the whole purpose of the schedule that we play, and I always try to challenge our, our team as much as possible by playing as, as difficult a schedule as we can. And when you do that, you know, there's going to be times where if you're playing against other great teams, which Sheldon is, you, you're not going to win them all. 
Um, and early in the season, I think that's okay. Um, that loss to Sheldon, we were, I want to say we were down by one with like 90 seconds to go in the game and we played a great defensive possession and then Bagley got an offense rebound and a putback, you know, so we lost that game, but I feel like we learned some valuable lessons on how to win a close hard fought game. And we talked about it immediately after the game. It was like, you know, you guys played an unbelievable defense possession, got them to miss a shot, but then you gave up an offensive rebound and they scored. You know, so your that unbelievable effort you just gave was all for naught because you didn't box out. And then the very next night, we played Rancho Christian in a very similar game. It was a tie game with two minutes to go. And that game down the stretch, we ended up pulling away and we didn't make any mistakes in the last minute and a half to two minutes. So... To me, I think it was just an experience thing. Nine of the guys on my varsity team, this is their first year playing varsity basketball. So it's going to take some, you know, there's going to be some lessons learned. And I think that, you know, losing to a Sheldon, losing to Harvard-Westlake in another game where we were up, you know, we, we, were, we were up against Harvard-Westlake at halftime. But I think we were up four, but we should have been up by like 15. But we were missing layups, missing free throws, missing open shots. And it's like when you play against great teams, you can't have breakdowns. Like, you know, and there's so many great teams in Southern California. You can't have, uh, you know, you can't have multiple bad possessions. You know, you just can't have those things. You have to make them earn and fight for everything that they get. You can't give away baskets or possessions against those caliber teams. Yeah. Um, Coach, you guys played Coronado um, and you beat them. And then you go to Tarkania. Now, when you look at the bracket, you say, okay, Newman Goretti events Corona Centennial. If you looked at that in October, you might say, okay, Newman Garetti is going to get to the second round. But then when you when you look after what you guys did, he says, shit, this is a really good first-round game. Right. So then you guys get past that game. Uh, you know, they have a lead late. And then you said, okay, let's see what they do against Coronado. And, and then you guys just take it to the next level. So kind of talk us through the Newman Garetti game and then the, what, how much confidence you guys had against Coronado and then forward. Well, I think in the Newman Garetti game, we we were so bad in that first half. I think we were down ten or twelve at halftime, um, somewhere in that range. And honestly, we should have been down by more. We were we were horrific in the first half, and I don't, I don't want to say scared because eh, that, that that that's a negative. Con- but I mean, we we certainly looked like it at times when we were playing against them. And I was um, less than pleased, we'll say, at halftime. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, kind of got after him a little bit at halftime, and we slowly but surely kind of, you know, picked away at their lead. And honestly, we stole that game. Like, you know, Newman Goretti was in control the whole way. And, and for all intents and purposes, I mean, they probably should have won the game. I think we were down four with about 40 seconds to go. And, you know, Jared McCain, who is an unbelievable freshman, um, he had a bunch of threes in that second half. Well, he hit a three to cut it to one. We fouled. They missed both free throws, and then Paris made a tough driving layup to put us up one. You know, we I think we got a turnover on the next possession with like 15 seconds to go, and then they had to foul. So um, we were really, really fortunate to win that first-round game. We probably should have lost, but we kind of snuck one out. Uh, made, you know, made a timely shot. They missed a couple free throws, and, you know, we're able to, you know, kind of survive. Um and then the Coronado game, I just feel like they gained some confidence against against Newman Garetti. It was like, you know, we didn't play well. We still won. And now here's a team we're familiar with. And they just kind of got on a roll. And that energy and the effort that we play with, it gets contagious. And then it's like one guy's playing really hard. And then the next guy's trying to play harder than him. And 
you know, it makes it uh, it makes it fun to coach because you don't have to worry about effort. You just go out there and play really, really hard and hope that you execute. Yeah. You mentioned Jared McCain, one of the you know better freshmen in all of Southern California, perhaps the state. Um, but you have plenty of other guys, sophomores and freshmen, as you mentioned. I mean, uh, is it Aaron, Aaron McBride? McBride? Yeah, brother of Alan McBride, a former Centennial yes. player. Uh, Jeremiah Whitmore is not getting a lot of time this year, but he's a big-time athlete, big-time frame. Uh, right. Sophomores Donovan Dent, Ramsey Huff, all big-time contributors for you. Um, you, you mentioned you, you always schedule tough, but you schedule tough this year with the idea that you had you know three seniors coming back, four seniors coming back. Uh, with high level varsity experience, are you surprised at how well your young guys have handled this? Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, this schedule was made in June. Yeah. Um, and May and stuff like that. And at that time, yeah, there was other guys on the roster, and um, that's when the schedule was made. And then, um, these guys, you know, the, the, <laughs> there there was a very brief thought. It might have crossed my mind for you know maybe all the five to ten seconds. It's like do I dummy this down? Do mm -hmm. I make some phone calls and, you know, maybe get out of some of this stuff? And it was like, well, you know, we have some young guys and, you know, like the guys you mentioned, the sophomores, Peyton White, Donovan yeah, Dent, Peyton, um, yeah. Ramsey, um, Ramsey Huff. And then, you know, with Jared and Aaron um, McBride, it was like, well, if these young guys ever want to be great, we might as well have them play against greatness so they can see what it looks like. And if that means our record is not as good, then it's not as good. But, you know, as a teacher, they always talk about, um, you know, students will rise to the level of expectations of the teacher. Well, you know, coaching is kind of the same thing. So it's like, well, we're going to play in this in this schedule. This is the schedule that we've always played. You guys can either go out here and we can either suck at it or you can go out <laughs> and, and you can rise to the occasion and, you know, understand that, you know, in December and January, yeah, we might lose a game or two. But it's good because we're playing the best of the best. And I, the more I thought about it, I was like, I think this is more the reason to play the schedule. And either that makes me, it either makes me really, really smart or really, really dumb. It's you know, it's one of the two. But we decided to stick with it because even if we were losing, at least they knew going forward into the future. Well, that's the level that we're trying to get at. That's the level that Corona Centennial's always been at. So you need to get there. And so we thought either way, it was a win-win. And then it just so happened that now we've come out there and they've risen to the expectations. And I think they have played with a chip on their shoulder, you know, because, you know, if we, and, you know, as coaches, yeah, we played it up. You know, we've helped fuel that fire with them that, you know, hey, there's not a lot of people that have a high uh, opinion of you. So what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, you can sit here and be, you know, feel sorry for yourselves or we can, you know, try to prove people wrong. And they've really bought into that. And they've kind of put that us against the world, you know, mentality um, to fruition, and you're seeing it in the games with how hard we play. So I'm just hoping now we can continue this throughout the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach, you like you said, you you guys had clicked on all cylinders against Coronado, then you beat Modern Day, so then you beat the host team, Gorman. And I could tell when the all-tournament team came out, you were really happy for Freddie DiBala. Talk about your senior and what how good he's been playing and just whether he's just stepped up or whether you expected it from him coming in or did he just – Fill the void of the of the seniors that left, and and he's just taking taking the reins. You know, um, it, it, it is really hard to talk about Freddie because of how I, I mean I'm I'm so proud of that kid. He, um, you know, sometimes guys have to make a decision when they come to Centennial because we have so many good players. Are you willing to sacrifice? You know, if you go somewhere else, yeah, you might start. You might be the best player on that team. If you come to Corona Centennial eh, with some of the guys we have, you might be a role player. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he came here and he, you know, played on our lower levels and he's worked himself up. He was on varsity last year. He didn't play a lot. He played behind some, some other guys and then, you know, some guys left and now he's been able to kind of become a, a, you know, a starter. And even at the beginning of the year, our first game or two, he didn't start. And he showed, and at the time he was showing flashes in practice, but it wasn't translating necessarily into the game. And then it was just like, Hey, you got to be the guy that you are in practice all the time. And if you can just do that, like you'll, you will, you will have success. And then, you know, from there, it's just kind of kept growing and growing. And now, I mean, he's one of our most steady, most reliable, consistent players. Um, And he's just tough. He's just a tough kid. And if you watch, you know, because Paris has to play so many minutes, they, we don't always put Paris on the other team's best guard because we got to save him. Mm-hmm. You know, he needs. You know, um, and Freddie guards. Him. You know, like so. Um, the kid at Coronado, um, Jaden Hardy. Uh, yes, yes. So Freddie Dybala guards him. You know, that's who Freddie's guarding. You know, he's guarding the Devin Askews. You know, he has to go guard the other team's best player every single game. And then he's a reliable shooter, and he's just a tough kid that's worked hard. So when you see a kid that's kind of you know, he's paid his dues and maybe he was a bat, you know, took a backseat to other players. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, fate for him kind of worked out. And now he's been put into the role that I think he's always, of course, wanted. And now not only is he, you know, accepted that role, but he's really flourishing and having success. And he's gotten a couple offers now from some NAIs and stuff like that, which is unbelievable to see. I couldn't be, you know, happier. And, and you know, as a coach, you know, yeah, we, we've had guys go to the Pac-12, but when you have a guy like that, you know, it's just as rewarding. You know what I mean? Um, to see a guy like that be able to fight. Now he's going to be able to play in college and do all that stuff. It's just really, really rewarding as a coach. So, yeah, I was I was excited for him. You know, probably more excited for him than anybody. You mentioned you're looking, um, you know, at the rest of your schedule. You're starting league play. You started league play um, within the last week or so. Roosevelt's a team that always, you know, gives you guys a good effort. Um, a good game. Uh, what about Roosevelt this year potentially, you know, concerns you um, with your young group going, going against their guys? Yeah, I think that Rose, you know, with uh, the last couple of years, you know, we've always had a really good um, rivalry yeah. with, with Roosevelt and those games have always been kind of hard fought. And I don't think it really matters, you know, you know, you know obviously with high school, it kind of, you know, it flows and it changes every year, especially at public schools. You know, it's, you're going to have years where you might be really young and you're kind of down or you're senior heavy. So you're going to be a little bit better. And, you know, no matter what each team has, I feel like we kind of always bring out the best in each other. I have a lot of respect for uh, coach Singleton and I think he gets his guys to play incredibly hard, especially on the defensive end. They play really, really hard. Um, They always compete. They're physical. You know, they're not going to back down. Um, so when you play Roosevelt, you, we, we know and understand we're, we're not going to get their B game or their C game. Yeah. You're going to get their A game. And whenever you play against a team that has some, some players and has some talent, you know, and they and they have their A game rolling, you can't come out there with the, you know, B minus or C effort. You have to, you have to come out there and, and make sure that they are matching your energy and your effort. Not that you're trying to match theirs, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. So I just think that the fact that they don't back down and they're not scared and they play hard all the time, you know, for a young team, if, you know, the things get going and the crowd gets behind them, you know, how do we weather that storm? And those are all things that we have to deal with and kind of overcome, especially as a young group. 
Makes sense, Coach. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way. We'll see you down the road. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Just uh, really good stuff from Coach yeah. Josh Jaws. I mean, any you know, when you talk to him, you know, in person at a tournament or at a game, the one thing that you can respect about Coach Giles is there he's no he's no BS. Yeah, and no he's, BS. Uh, he's gonna keep uh, a steady hand. You know, he's not gonna say, "Hey, this guy's great" or "This guy's terrible." So that's why it was pretty interesting to see when Freddie was announced as an all-tournament team. He was like really happy. You know, I mean, he played really well in that tournament. You know. Uh, Defended, hit shots, and uh, I'm sure he played well down in Arkansas, and he's going to be a big cog for them the rest of the way. Uh, you know, it's very interesting to see a team like that because we're, we're having a national guest on, uh, and it's from a different scale, but it's the same thing. You know, Oak Hill Academy, you say, well, Oak Hill Academy, how could they be, you know, they got good players. Um, you know, again, the expectation level, similar to Corona Centennial, Oak Hill wasn't expected to be um, – you know, on the level of Montverde or IMG. And Coach Steve Smith kind of knew that going in. And, um, you know, right now they're they're at number three in the country. And they they only lost one game to Jeff McGinnis' team who played for, for Coach Smith at Oak Hill. They and played they, them and, again and, and beat them? they beat them again okay. easily. So, you know, it's just one of those things. So when we talk about Corona Centennial playing well, I think the same goes for Oak Hill. You know, Coach Smith was happy. He wanted it. He knew he was going to have a good team, but he didn't want to play it too up or play it too down. He goes, hey, I could tell that he wouldn't say it, but he was very excited about coaching this team. And sometimes you do get excited about coaching a team that maybe doesn't have Carmelo Anthony or Cole Anthony or, or that type of player because you you want to see how good they can get. Yeah. You know, so I think that yeah. that that that's a big Big, big thing about high school basketball. How, how can you bring out the best in those type of players? And we have the man himself, Coach Steve Smith from Oak Hill Academy. Coach, how you doing? Thanks so much for joining us. Fine, thank you. Appreciate it, Coach, for coming on. Uh, talk a little bit about... What we're doing. Yeah, uh, Coach, you know, you kind of mentioned to me in the preseason, Ronnie, I know we're going to be ranked behind Montverde and IMG in your rankings. I know that. It is what it is. Again, and that may be a little penalized because some of your success... Sometimes you're judged by your past teams and not just by how good you are this year. So talk a little bit about that. Sometimes your team's getting compared to your past teams. Yeah, it's uh, and I think that goes with the territory. We've had a lot of really good players, um, you know, highly rated kids. So when you have a year where we do have a, you know, like when I say we don't have a call Anthony, but we do have a kid, Cam Thomas, who's probably McDonald's All-American, but he's not... His name isn't like what Coles was. Kofi mm -hmm. Cockburn last year, guys like that. So our team doesn't, you know, on paper people thought, well, we're not as good as last year. But in reality, I think we're better than last year because the team's playing well together. Um, they accept their roles. We do have a feature guy in Cam Thomas. Uh, but then we've got a lot of other really good players that have bought into playing with Cam. And uh, we've gotten better, you know, each week of the season. And, uh, we had a break here the last two weeks, so we don't play again until Friday night. Tomorrow night's our first game back in about two weeks, so I'm not sure how we're going to react. But uh, when we left, we were playing really, really well. Uh, we had beaten – we played Combine, the team that beat us earlier in the year. Uh, then we played Dorman, then we played Wasatch and Portland Jefferson. We played some really good teams and really didn't have any close games. So I uh, feel good about where our team is and uh, – 
you know, it's hard when you have teams with Stackhouse on them, when you had the teams with Ray John Rondo and Josh Smith and Brandon Jennings teams and on down the line. They, every Oak Hill team gets compared to the better teams that we've had here. So, uh, that, but that goes with the territory. Coach, you always seem to have top-shelf talent, uh, you know, a highlight guy like Cam Thomas this year. Is there a guy on this year's roster that has come on and surprised you a little bit or maybe two guys? Yeah, I think Jamari Sibley um, in September – I didn't know if he was going to play. I mean, he just didn't look like he fit in. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a very physical player. He's about 6'8". He weighs about 195 pounds. But, and he wasn't playing well. And But he's 6'8 and long. And I thought he had a chance to be a good player. And then the last month or so, he's he stepped it up. You know, he's averaging like, I would say in the last 8, 10 games, he's probably averaging 15, 16 points a game. Uh, leading us to rebounds with about 10 rebounds. So, He's on our stat sheet. He's he's our second best player right now. We have a plus minus system that we go by, and besides Cam, he's he ranks second on the team. And I'd say after the first eight games, he was probably seventh or eighth on the team. So he's come on a lot. Uh, KK Robinson, our point guard, is really playing well, and uh, he was hurt a little bit, missed about the first two or three games, and we weren't as good a team without him. And once he got in the lineup, and now he's playing. 26, 27 of the 32 minutes a game now. He's our, he's a guy, he kind of makes us go. He gets shots for Cam. He he makes plays. Uh, he really pushes the ball in transition. And, and on the ball, he's our best defender. So he, he he's had two games where he's had uh, double-figure steals in a game. That's hard to do. Um, he had 10 steals and 11 steals in two different games. And um, so he's, he's really good on both ends of the floor for us. So that, those guys. And then Darius Maddox is starting to play well he's a guard that went to st john's uh out of dc last year and uh, he's, he's starting he can really shoot it he's our leading three-point shooter he's over 50 percent from three and then he's shooting 90 percent from the foul line so he's starting to step his game up so that gives us three really good guards in kk uh cam and uh darius and then you got jamari playing well and we have a big kid who uh, emmanuel okpomo he was a transfer from Huntington Prep, never played in Huntington Prep. I mean, never played. And then uh, I figured he'd be a backup here, and he's he's starting now, and uh, he's play, he played great in Hawaii. Probably should have made all-tournament. Uh, had 32 blocks in four games, so he's averaging eight blocks a game out there. And, um, and he's also rebounding. He's, he's got a 7-4 wingspan. He's only 6-9, but he's got a 7-4 wingspan. So he's a problem at the rim on defense. So he he's made us... A lot better too, because we had Bradley Azero, who you know from. Uh, yeah, big, big Bradley from Bishop Montgomery. Bishop Montgomery, but he's not a five man. He's more of a four. Yep. But he's got a five man body uh, with his weight and all, and he's not. You know, he's had nine blocks all year, and Ema's had Emmanuel had. He's had he had ten blocks the first game in Hawaii, so he Emmanuel's a lot more of a defensive presence than Bradley. Yeah. Bradley's better offensively, so but we've been starting Emmanuel bringing Bradley off the bench, and Bradley's been fine with it. Uh, his attitude's good, and um, he wants to do more, and you know it's up to him. Uh, like I say, he's a better offensive player, but we don't really need him to score. We 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 get our scoring from those other guys, and uh, you know Cam's averaging thirty, and then you got KK, Jamari, Darius, all averaging double figures, so. We only need our five men to be a force at the rim and block shots and rebound. That's what Emmanuel does, and that's why he starts. Makes sense. Uh, Coach, talk a little bit about Hawaii. I want to go over the rankings. You, you know, Hamilton Heights 
having a great season. They're undefeated. Then you guys come in at three. You guys avenge your loss to Combine. And then you guys beat Wasatch and Iolani. And you guys also beat Dorman, which now looks really good because they won the beach ball. So, you yeah. know, what, what, you know, Wasatch and Dorman, give us a little comparison. How did those two games go? You know, they're right on your guys' tails. Obviously, you guys beat them, you know, by, you know, six, eight points or whatnot. Uh, so talk a little bit about those, those, those two games. I think Dorman's really good. Um, I don't see anybody, you know, they play in South Carolina. I don't see anybody beating them. I don't even see anybody coming close to them, even in the state tournament. Uh, I'd be shocked. Uh, they've got a big guy. They've got uh, really good point guards They're going to Butler. Their big kid, P.J. Hall, is going to Clemson. Um, they got a 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six athletic uh, wings. I mean, they're a good team, and we played them right after um, – we played the very night after we beat Combine up here, and so I was a little worried because Combine was a big game for us. And then uh, we had to go down to Rock Hill, South Carolina, play Dorman, and uh, on the way to the Bojangles batch. But we played well. Um, I don't think they shot it well, but I think we were our length, our defense bothered them. We were ahead probably 10, 12 points most of the game. We ended up winning by 11, um, but they're very good. And then Wasatch, I think Wasatch is the best team we played so far and the big kid didn't even play that night but um, they have five really really good players and then they have their big kid back now so they've got six guys that can play on any high school team uh, and they're all division one kids and they've got great size they've got two really good guards um, so I mean they're they're tough I mean we played well we had them down 17 with a minute and a half to go they made a bunch of threes late we ended up winning by eight but they're a legitimate team. I don't think – I don't see them losing. I mean, I know they're in the – I think they're in the either Bishop Walsh tournament or the St. James tournament. But, I mean, I don't – you have to play really well to beat them. They're, I mean, they're on par with IMG and those teams. Now, Montverde's, yeah, ahead of everybody else mm-hmm. um, right now. With, boy, they're beating teams. I mean, they're beating good teams by 30 or 40 points. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, and I – I think we can play with anybody. Uh, we can lose anybody too, but we can also beat anybody. So I like our chances. Um, we got the Bass Pro next week. We've got to go play Bishop Gorman. Uh, we got a game with St. Francis out of Baltimore in February. We have some tough games left, but when we can win them all, we can also, you know, lose a couple games if we don't play well. So hope we got everybody healthy right now. The whole team's healthy, and uh, that's the first time in a long time we've had one or two guys out most of the year. So we've got everybody healthy, and practices are going well this week. So hopefully we'll play well, get ready for the Bass Pro next week. Uh, Coach, as you mentioned, you know, this this week was my hardest week to do rankings in a, in a while just because of what all that happened. IMG's up and down. Teams are losing. Yeah. And, you know, then we got word that, you know, USA Today's not really doing their rankings no more. Uh, they, they haven't updated them in a month, and, and I got word that they're, they don't have a high school department no more. So yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's take a look back at, at some of your first teams. So 1986, you go into 1987, and that's your first team that kind of really was highly ranked. Uh, you guys went 25-1. and one. And just give, yep. a view, just give our audience a little take of what was different back there. You know, obviously Dave Kreider would probably call you, hey, what's your record? How are you guys doing? Um, you know, you had, a good t- you had a good team. You know, the kid came over, Brian Shorter came over from Simon Gritz, and you had Sean Green. 
Yeah. And just give people a little take of your first couple teams, what it meant to be ranked, you know, because, you know, now 35 years later, those those rankings are not around. And I just want to give people kind of the history a little bit of what, you know, how significant it is and, and what it meant, meant to you back then. Yeah, it was a really big deal back then. Uh, there was only, I can't, you know, everybody wanted to be in USA Today. I mean, sure. they, I think they started like in 82 or 83 yeah. with their poll. Yeah. Uh, I was here as an assistant in 83, 84, 85, so uh, we, we weren't rated. We were a good team, but, you know, that was our goal was, oh, we want to make USA Today rankings. And uh, so finally we did do that. And, uh, I mean, Dave was, he would call you every Sunday morning. You'd have to have your scores, where the game was played. You have to give him the highlights with the stats, you know, who had the most points and rebounds. He did it every – you had to call me every Sunday morning. Now, you were glad to do it because you knew you were in the rankings if he called you. So you waited on Sunday hoping he was going to call you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went on for several years. Uh, you know, the Fab 50 was out there. Doug Huff, you guys, yeah. you know all that stuff. But yeah, he came the only next like year. one or two polls. Yeah. In, had a show on TV's Classic Sports America. They would run a poll. Yeah, um, that was Doug's poll. The, yeah, they used Doug's polls. I think they polls. used the polls you do now. Um, yep. So those two polls were like the only ones anybody cared about. And the USA Day seemed to be the big – I mean, when we were ranked that first year, we made T-shirts and we had sweatshirts made up and had USA Day with that ranking on it. It was a, it was a big thing back then to be you know, ranked in their top 25. And back then, everybody got that uh, newspaper. And they – Kreider told me that – Tuesday was their biggest selling paper of the week, and they always ranked the you know the football poll, the basketball, the baseball. And Dave did all of those. Dave tried yeah. did all those sports. I don't know how he did it, but um, you know he he was doing all of that, and uh, and it was a big thing when you got rated by USA Today. And, uh, it was kind of you know the marking stick for every team how good you were. We didn't play as much you know on a national level. As we do now, teams travel, but not quite as much, obviously. Now everybody plays everybody, and you get a good barometer of who's the best team and who are the best teams. I think they, back then they would rank, they would rank something, you know, geographically to sell newspapers. And, sure. You know, it's not that big a deal now anymore. Most people get online, they don't, they don't buy the paper anymore. Right. Got it. Now, so in, in 1987, Coach, you guys go 25-1. and one. Do you remember the loss? And and I remember people were saying, "Oh, Oakville has players from all over. They're old, you know." The the yeah. the what people talked about was different than what they say now. I know people in Philadelphia; they were really pissed when Brian left. I remember that. Oh, he's he's the best player since Will Chamberlain. There, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, all that absolutely. kind of stuff. Talk a little bit about that and you the one loss and and what you remember about that we, season. We lost actually the first game of the year. We lost to Fork Union Military. They used to have a yeah. big time prep program, and they were a prep school with, as far as like post grads and yeah. It, uh, Oak Hill back in the late seventies, early eighties, they had post grads and they had fifth year kids. Now, when I took over, I stopped it the first year, and and that you know, but people didn't know back then. It took I mean, there's still people calling me thinking we have fifth year players. It's crazy, but yeah. back then. They just thought we had, you know, all post-grads and all fifth years and all over age and all that kind of stuff, which we didn't start in 1985, but we did prior to that. So, um, you know, I heard the same comments you obviously heard, but Brian came from Philadelphia. We lost the first game to Fork Union. He fouled out, and we lost by one point. And 
I remember the headlines of our local paper here. It said, ouch, Oak Hill loses opener. Well, I'm, I'm a new coach, and I'm thinking, this is trouble. We're 0-1. <laughs> and, uh, but we won 25 straight. Uh, we went on one. We went went to Las Vegas, won the Las Vegas Prep Classic. We used to be a big deal. Larry McKay ran that, and there was 50 to 60 teams in it. Um, and that kind of got us going. I remember we paid our way to Vegas that year to play in that tournament. We won the tournament. We got invited back the next year, all expenses paid, and that kind of got it snowballing from there. Um, it was an expense to the school up to that point, and then, of course, it's evolved now where, you know, you, your bills are taken care of, and cause people always ask me, how do you go here? How do you play there? How do you, what's it cost your school? I said, well, it doesn't cost us anything. It's all paid for. So uh, it evolved from that point where we were forking out a lot of money trying to get established. We win the Las Vegas Prep Classic, and it kind of just snowballs from there. Gotcha. Coach, now the next year, like you said, Doug Huff's poll came into effect. So in, in 87-88, uh, you guys opened up number 12. And then in 88-89, Doug doesn't even rank you guys. Now, he maybe he didn't know about Cade, Anthony Cade, the guys you brought yeah. in. Um, and then that brings us to this year, where this is the lowest-ranked team since that team that didn't get ranked in, in 89. So... Uh, how proud are you of this team? Obviously, the season's not done yet, but you know, uh, what what comparisons maybe do you have to that '88 '89 team with with those juniors coming in compared to this team? With you know, like you said, not a lot of fanfare to begin. Now you guys started number eight in my poll, but that for Oak Hill is like starting forty for another team. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty low for us. Yeah, um, but it was probably fair. We, we didn't know how we were going to be, and uh, yeah. besides Cam. Thomas, he was our best returning player, but he was a guard. It wasn't like he's a, you know, when you have a like a wing type player or a big kid that's a all American, you kind of get rated a little higher. We had a guard, a really good guard in Cam, and then we had these other guys around him. So I didn't know how good we'd be, but I thought after a couple of weeks of uh, preseason workouts in September, I thought we had a chance to be pretty good, and uh, I was right because I think you know we're playing extremely well. What's what's good about this team is we our guards can play with anybody else's guards, including Montverde or anybody. So they'll keep you in the game. Um, I don't see us getting run over and blown out like Montverde's done to some of these teams. I think if we play well, we can play with them and play with anybody. And But it's because of our guards. And Cam can score. KK can run a team. And he guards on the other end. Darius can score. We've got another guard, Evan Johnson. So we've really got four guards, four Division One guards um, that I play. They all play over 20 minutes a game, the four of them. So... Um, you know, I just think the team's evolved. We've got a lot of depth. We've got a lot of – we're deeper than last year. It just you – know, we don't have the name. Like, people knew Cole Anthony. People knew Kofi Cockburn, you know, Christian Brown, guys like that. Um, those guys are well-known since the ninth grade. Some of the guys they have this year have gotten better and improved a lot. And, you know, four of them are in the top 100 in the SDN, so they're not chopped liver, but they're not – top 20 guys besides Cam. They're borderline top 100 kids, and some some rankings have them in there, some don't, so they're not... You know, we've had years where we've had two McDonald's All-Americans. We've had years where we've come close to having three, so um, maybe the talent was a little better, but some years it's... You know, I've looked at my... i got a wall here with all the plaques on it from 1980. I'm in all of them except four because I came in 83 as an assistant, but some of those teams I thought would be better than they were. And some end up being not as good as you think. Uh, you know, a lot of it's the chemistry and how well they fit in, how well they play together, and how well they accept their roles. And this team's done that. They really like each other and they play for each other. And 
you know, they think we're going to win. So that, you know, we've got most of our bases covered there. Makes sense, Coach. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate the uh, trip down memory lane, and uh, we'll probably see you at the Nike Extravaganza. Are you guys in that this year at Modern Day? We're not. We are no? not. We're in, the, okay. we're in the Bass Pro, and then we go to Springfield to the Hall of Fame, and uh, we'll be hopefully we'll be continue to win so that we'll be invited to the Geico tournament uh, in in early April uh, to finish our season. Sounds good. We appreciate the time as always, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Sure, anytime. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, you know, Coach Smith. Man, a I was looking forward to seeing them at. Uh, yeah. At, I thought. Yeah, CIF teams can't play. Uh, but I thought no I thought Modern Day was going to do a prep. Oh, uh, like a prep game. Prep versus prep game. Um, but clearly yeah. I was wrong. That doesn't happen yeah. very often, uh, but it happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Gonzaga's coming out. I that's believe. right. Gon- that's Gonzaga right. Gonzaga is playing. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the uh, yeah. right. But tell us, give us a little bit more history about yeah. Because I know you wrote a story on BallsLife.com. If you guys want to yeah. read it about the history of the rankings, yeah. Give us a little bit more about Oak Hill's rise. Yeah. You know, we we talk a little bit about Oak Hill, and like I said, that that '87 team really put them on the map because uh, you know, as a coach said, you know, they had a lot of kids from from New York. So what happened was the school was very small. You know, it's in the hills of of of, of Virginia, South Southwest Virginia, you know, and, and I've been there before. Beautiful place. In but the middle of nowhere, right? It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It takes it's two hours from Charlotte Airport. So you gotta go it's a through long whiny way. way through whiny roads. And we went up there to do a Fab fifty title ceremony when they won their uh, championship in two thousand twelve with, with Jordan Adams and, and, and that group, um Tyler Lewis. So, you know, going back then, uh they were looked at as renegade teams and it's very interesting. We go back to that eighty seven final poll like i said oak hill was ranked fourth modern day at 31 and one was ranked third marion indiana and had two uh, guys who went to indiana uh who were good players one played for the clippers jay edwards were 28 and one and then flint hill prep was the champions with dennis scott at 23 and 0 and flint hill handed modern day it's only loss in the king cotton final in Arkansas, the one tournament that Centennial just won. Who was on that modern day team? So modern day had like Mike Hopkins, who's now the coach at Washington. Washington yep. Um, they had Leron Alice, the state player of the year. Mm-hmm. And they the reason why they got that high is they beat a really good Fairfax team in the regional final. Fairfax was number two in the country at the time behind Flint Hill. They were undefeated. 26 and 0 going into that game. And modern day went on like a 19 and 0 run. Uh, they had Sean Higgins, who was a top five, six player, and Chris Mills, who was uh, the next year, a top five player. A really good team. Probably Harvey's best team ever. Better than the two teams that won the, the D1 state title. Wow. You know, so they're, modern day just played well together. They went on a big run in the third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter. And so they jumped up to third. Again, they only lost to Flynn Hill. But the, the point I was bringing about Flynn Hill is Dennis Scott was a fifth-year player. Um, you know, it's well-known. He, re- he repeated ninth grade at his high school and then went to Flynn Hill, and they allowed players to start again in ninth grade. For whatever reason, if you played ninth grade, they allowed you to start again in ninth grade to get caught up in your academics. It was kind of like they were very – it's a very difficult school. But, again, back then it wasn't – Is that considered a regular high school team yeah, then? Yeah, back then it wasn't mm. like – people just did it. They didn't okay. say, you're out of the rankings. You're – you know, who are – you guys are not good. He was like one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country. Now if you have eight yeah. semesters, you're, you're gone. Yeah, nowadays – uh, opposing Hill, opposing yeah, coaching staff would go like, crazy. They're yeah. gonna yeah, they're looking yeah. into those things and, and so, calling attention to it. Yeah, so a team like Oak Hill or Flint Hill, there wasn't that many prep schools. Uh, they had to play who they could. 
now we didn't talk about it with with uh, Coach Smith, but he had to play some junior colleges that year to fill the schedule. To fill the schedule, you and know? some some prep schools do still yeah, do that. Yeah, and he didn't have enough. You know, he didn't have enough capital and revenue to go to every. He didn't have the event. means to travel um, yeah. all the way or all no, over he had the place to, play to do schools that. in North Carolina, right? And so the great thing about their ninety two ninety three team was probably considered their best team was McGinnis Stackhouse and um, Nactar Enjai at Sunshine. So they had four guys who made the NBA. Uh, Mark Blunt, big seven footer, is uh, yeah. they played like four or five colleges and beat them. <laughs> so I mean, that that was kind of like their claim to to that team's fame. So. Very interesting because we talk about USA Today's rankings are done. Kind of interesting that it got done. Now, like you said, you go read more about it on BallsLife.com. But, you know, the first year they did the rankings, 82-83, Kreider started um, Baltimore Dunbar number one. It was a slam dunk number one. They went undefeated through the season. Uh, They eventually produced three NBA players who a lot of people know about. A lot of people learned about them through that 30 for 30, the Baltimore boys which came out like last year. Yeah. So it was a really big, it was really well done. Thought it was one of the better 30 for 30s. It's talking about Reggie Lewis dying, you know. They're all, they're all good. They're all good, but that one good. was really good. Yeah, and they're all good. You know, those guys, it's different, Devin. You see sometimes say, oh, a high school team has two NBA players, like Miggins and Mills. They're Honestly, they're kind of, especially Higgins, they're kind of a fringe player. Like, you know, yeah. they stick around for a year or yeah. two. Um, when you talk about that Dunbar team, Bogues, Reggie Lewis, Wingate and um, Reggie Williams, they played in the They're NBA like 10, ye- plus 10 plus years, years each. Each, each. That's crazy. You know, so it's like to see how good that team is. Reggie Lewis obviously passed away, but he didn't play that much especially, on that team. Especially back then. Especially back then when everything yeah. was spread out. Now yeah. it's like we have multiple you know, super high, high, school, high school super Correct. teams or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, back then that, that was a, an anomaly. That didn't yeah. happen often. Yeah, it didn't happen often. So for them to be that good and they were that good in high school, you got a guy like Reggie Lewis who goes to Northeastern. Like one of their players told me, he he's he uh, he uh, works for USA Basketball. Herman Harry kind of works on the staff. He was a, a reserve on that team, and he started the next year as a senior. He was I don't he goes I don't really know how the coaches at Northeastern saw Reggie Lewis because he didn't really play. That's crazy, you know. So he goes to Northeastern becomes a first round pick of the of the Celtics, and he's an NBA All Star, averaging like four points three points a game for his high school team. So it just shows you how good. It's kind of interesting that those rankings ended because. Montverde is obviously, if they run the table, go undefeated, beat IMG again, win Geico, they're going to get compared to that team and the other great teams. Yeah. This year's team. Yeah. For whatever, you know, just the way it is. And obviously, we'll see them later in the season if they continue that unbeaten role. I mean, uh, you know, we talked a little about them. I mean, I think the guy that brings them really all together is Scotty Barnes going to Florida State. Yeah, uh, kind you know, of he just kind of like guy. a winner. Yeah, yeah, glue guy. I mean, it's really but good to have a glue, glue guy. I know it's yeah. really crazy to have a glue guy who's a five star going yeah, to Florida like, State and all that. Yeah, like to have be that good. He's yeah. six seven, six eight. To me, he kind of does a lot of things that Scottie Pippen did for the Bulls. You know, defends the ball. He could defend a smaller guy. Defend yep. the bigger guy. Yep. Go get a rebound. Good passer. Good passer. Point, just doesn't want to lose. Just guy. doesn't want to lose. Yeah. You know, obviously, Cade Cunningham going to Oklahoma State is really good. Dayron Sharp, yeah, our guy Frank, yeah, our Frank <laughs> loves Dayron Sharp. He's, I mean, I love yeah, him too. He's yeah, just he's, an animal. He's just an animal. Yeah. yeah, you know, going to North Carolina. So you got three guys who are probably going to make the McDonald's game, you know. Uh, and then they got other good players. Moses Moody going to Arkansas. They got role players, big. They're long. They can shoot. <laughs> Moses Moody, he's like, like the fifth best yeah, player that's on the crazy. team. Crazy, and, and he's really good. good. Yeah, he's a really good player. Yeah. So how good? You know, we're going to see how good this team is. As you mentioned, uh, I think going into the game, everybody was like. Uh, you know, man, they beat Patrick School by, you know, 30. Okay, 
they beat some other really good teams by a lot. And then you see Sierra Canyon kind of beat Patrick School pretty handily. Yeah. But then they win they that's the game after the Rancho Christian game. Then they go to Minnehaha, seventeen thousand people, three seventeen thousand at the target center rooting against them. And then they play flat again. I think our guy Zaire Williams got a little banged up, didn't finish the end of the game. Yeah, he didn't have a great he game. And that, but he that didn't hurts. have a good game at the you know, going in and yeah, then yeah. and then something happened, he didn't play to the end, but you know, they got to put it together because their team has changed a little bit. You know, they're, they're now two of – they've lost two of three. Like I said, they dropped to 20, but they have a chance to go back up. And I they mean, have a chance to turn around and play good. Yeah, let's take a closer look at Sierra Canyon since it's local. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of interest in, in that, that squad. Yeah, yeah. We, you, weren't, you saw the, the, yeah. the game on TV at Damien. I was yeah. there at Damien. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you add a guy like Zaire Williams into that mix – yeah. who's five-star, top five yeah. player in the country, going you know to wherever yeah. he wants, and you add him into that mix of a, of you know guys who have played you know s- you know fifteen games together and have some yeah. kind of rapport. Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult to play that first some, game. Yeah, it, the first game it takes you know yeah. he came off the bench, yeah. but uh, you know that takes you know fifteen to twenty shots away from whoever else whoever else was there. Shy Odom's. Minutes went down in that Rancho and Christian game. Harold Hughes' minutes went down yeah. in that Rancho Christian game. Yeah. It's going to take them a while to, to to get going, and obviously that's proven by their them losing the last two of their last three games. Yeah. Um, but that's a difficult part of having a super team is managing yeah. shots, managing minutes, managing egos, managing uh, you know things promised if there were any. And um, that's, that's the, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing I think that Steve Smith kind of I could hear it in his voice in the preseason. <laughs> Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, well, I know I'm going to get ranked a little lower." I think you know you could kind of tell on the on the line on, our, on our, as our guest here this week that he's kind of happy about that. He he didn't mind it. No, he you seems know, like he kind of had like a little bit a little yeah. bit of looseness yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, excited about that because it's kind of like he's playing with house money. Yeah, he, he they could win. They could their expectations were low. They could win or lose, and, yeah. that, and it'd and be like, winning. "Yeah, we expected them to yeah. to lose because they're not as good of a team as they used to be." Yeah, but if they win, it's like. Oh shit! Oak Hill's yeah. great. Steve Smith is a great coach, and obviously yeah. he's a great coach. He's been yeah. doing this for how long now at a high yeah. level? Yeah, thirty-five years. Right. So, yeah, Sierra Canyon. It's going to be interesting to see how they grow, yeah. and uh, what happens, you know, on Saturday against Rancho Christian because they're coming back from another long road trip. They're playing yeah. a college NBA type of schedule. schedule, and and they had a lot of work. I'm sure they we, got we a lot travel. to work on this week. I'm sure they are yeah. happy about the week off. You know, the four or five days off. Oh, for sure. You know, they have get to it. Be. Yeah, get, get healthy. It. My thing try is try and get a rhythm. And my thing is, you got to get Shy Odom involved. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, I say this all the time to you when, whenever yeah. we're watching Sierra Canyon. It's yeah. like that dude is the guy who the glue guy. makes it all go. Yeah, similar he's not to he's Scotty not quite Barnes. as t- talented yeah. as Scotty Barnes, but no. he has a similar impact. It's yeah. he's going to rebound the offensive defensive end. He can guard multiple positions. He's going to you know offensive rebound putbacks. He's going to set screens, roll hard to the basket. He's going to do all the little things that are going to help you win. But if he's not on the floor, not gonna, he's not doing those things, obviously. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see how, how they climb back up. Uh, you know, when you look at, obviously, Wasatch, they do play in that Cumberland event that Coach was talking about. So they got to close strong. They're 17-1. Dorman, you know, they're Dorman beat St. John's of D.C. in the final at the beach ball, they're the first South Carolina team in 34 years to win the beach ball. Obviously, there's events in South Carolina, but it's just, you know, they always bring in national level teams. So I think Dorman's ranking is going to be a little dependent on how St. John's does. St. John's has got to play DeMatha. It's got to play 
uh, Paul VI has to play Gonzaga. And, and you know, uh, with Ball's Life Deal with Monumental Sports, uh, Devin, on the Ball's Life Network, we're streaming that um, St. John's uh, game this evening. I believe it's, yeah, yeah. today's the, the night against Paul VI. So Paul VI comes in with three straight losses. And Paul VI was going to play good counsel on the 7th of January, and then there's been in inclement weather there in uh, in D.C. So I think coming off three straight losses, they probably wanted to play that game before they played Gonzaga, mm -hmm. and now they can't. So now they have to go into to the, the January 9th game on a three-game losing streak. Now you're playing another nationally ranked team in a big game in conference. So that's tough. You know, that, that league's tough. So my point in bringing that up is St. John's is kind of only lost to Dorman, but St. John's got a lot of ro road minds coming up, and I think if they don't play very good, then that could affect Dorman's ranking. You know, okay. so again, again, in South Carolina, like, like Coach Smith said, they're probably not going to lose. You know, they 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 can't lose any team from South Carolina; they're going to drop. Right. But you know, if St. John's plays well, that's going to bode good for them. Similar to uh, you know, Oak Hill. Oh, if, you know, if Oak Hill were to lose, that you know, Wasatch, that would affect Wasatch and Dorman a little bit. So there's always that little bit of play. Where another team you beat or lost or barely lost to is gonna affect you a little bit, and we kind of talked about that with Rancho Christian and Centennial. You know, they want Sheldon to do good because Sheldon, you know, won that tournament. Uh, obviously, Centennial uh, lost to Harvard Westlake, so it looks good for them if Harvard Westlake does good. You know, Harvard Westlake was right there. Well, you know, it was a game we're at. Uh, Mason Hooks has a free throw. He's in a one and one situation. He makes that first one, and, and, and the second one, that game's over. Game's over, but he missed he, the front end. And Lorenzo Marsh from St. Yeah, Anthony hit a big-time clutch yeah. three. He hit, he hit like four clutch three. threes in that game yeah, in the fourth quarter. St. Anthony Long Beach, Coach Kavanaugh's team. So they're playing really well. So yeah. now you got to drop Harvard-Westlake, but they're right there. I mean, that's how close it is, the difference between Harvard-Westlake being ranked ahead of Centennial and nationally ranked and them being state-ranked and behind St. Anthony's. Yeah. So again, last night we saw that right in the Trinity League. You got, uh, oh, dude, you got Jay Sarah. Oh man, you got Jay Sarah who beat Selden. Obviously, like you said, Sands Marcus Bagley, and then you got um, Servite played Bosco, correct? Yeah, uh, Bosco defeated Servite seventy-one six-seven overtime. Yeah, and Santa Margarita scored the first upset of the league season um, with a forty-five forty-three win over Jay Sarah. That was the uh, the the inaugural uh, former UC Riverside assistant coach bowl, Coach Justin Bell, now the new coach at Santa Margarita against Coach Keith Wilkinson, who we had on the podcast episode 50 last week from Jay Sarah. And I was at that game, Ronnie, and man. They stepped Sa up. Santa yeah. Margarita just had a fantastic game plan. Yeah. Make Ian Martinez's shots difficult, hope that he's inefficient, and dare everyone else to score. And they executed it to perfection. Uh, they ran their stuff, took time off the shot clock, got good looks at the at the basket, and Aldo Ruiz Ortiz and Celia Robbins both hit some clutch three pointers, and Jake Blazona, uh, our guy, yeah, Jake. five ten, you know, point guard, a junior, uh, he just ran the show. Just he guards, Flawlessly. Uh, just yeah. communicates on defense, uh, uh, controlled the entire pace of the game. D threes and NAIs. If you're listening to this, go see that guy. He's uh, he's talented, high academic, high high character guy. Yeah, uh, I agree. I saw Santa Margarita in a title game at Torrey Pines. Um, they did not play good in that game. It was one of the lower divisions mm -hmm. at, at Torrey Pines on the last day. And I know Coach Bell wanted them to step it up, and he knew they needed to, and they responded. You know, so again, uh, 
I'm sure Sheldon is not happy that Jay Sarah lost that game. But again, Sheldon's going to control their own destiny. But like we're saying from a rankings perspective, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so it's very interesting to see how Santa Clarita Christian is going to do. Yeah. And those type of <laughs> Them too. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so yeah. up at, you know, so many teams play each other um, that, you know, that, that just the way it is. You know, um, Newman Goretti still playing good. I, I, I got a message from one of Newman Goretti's guys, and he's like, yeah, that that game against Corona Centennial was basically the title game. I go, yeah, I can see that. Because they went on to win the consolation bracket at Tarkanian. Yeah, that makes and sense. And it was really close. I mean, they would have probably done really well on the winner's side, just yeah. like Corona like Centennial would have yeah. probably win the consolation bracket. Right. You know, so it's that close. You know, it's very exciting. It's good stuff. It was, like you said, a very difficult week uh, to do the rankings. Now this week will probably be a little bit more smoother. Then we have the big MLK week. Yeah, lots, lots of There will be a MLK, lot of games yes. all that weekend. IMG will play Montverde. Then Paul the Six will play Sierra Canyon on that Monday. You know, that'll be another big Sierra Canyon. You know, Sierra Canyon, like you said, is going all over. People want to see them all over the country, as we showed at the Target Center, 17,300 people. Uh, so a lot of interest in high school basketball. And hopefully people, like I said, go to BallsLife.com and look at the rankings. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it uh, this week. There was in the future weeks. Like we said, there's 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 one less that's very interesting. I mean, 1982 is a long time ago, Devin. You know, uh I was not even born yet. Not even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So all, all that is, you know, it's great for have Coach Steve Smith or Oakill on talking a little bit about that. You know, Dave Kreider. Very interesting. Kreider, um, he passed away last fourth of July in 2018. And the last time I talked to him, probably three years ago, maybe a little bit more, we were just talking about some old things. He was always looking to do more work. And he kind of mentioned a little story to me how in his first year of the rankings, he did them on uh, for Basketball Weekly. Now, Basketball Weekly and Basketball Times is kind of those two publications for Devin for just hoop junkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the average fan doesn't greet through that, but if you get the weekly, you know, Basketball Weekly back then, Kreider had some rankings in the 70s, weekly rankings, you know, high school basketball. And he had um, his first season, 74-75. He did a good job. I, I have the rankings, look through them. They, they, they're really good, really good uh you know, footnotes to look at and things like that. Um, he didn't get his finish his first rankings, Devin, the first season, because he got into a argument over pay with with his publisher at at Basketball Weekly. So how, how yeah, some things yeah, never change? Yeah, yeah. He got so this is 1975. R- writers and yeah. journalists arguing yeah. for pay yeah. never yeah. going to change. Or that's 50 years ago, yep. basically, almost 1975. And a, Verbum Day had a great team that year, and um, they got upset by Bill Lambeer's Palos Verdes team in the in the Southern Section Main Division's semifinals, but Kreider wasn't able to to publish his last. What year was that? Seventy four, seventy five. Yeah. So yeah, I think who did who did uh, Palos Verdes have, beat? Uh, they beat uh, Verbum Day in the semis, and I want to say they did they beat Marina in the yeah, final. My da- yeah, my dad. Yeah, my dad was on that Marina team. He said. Yeah. He always told me the story about Bill yeah. Lambeer. Yeah. Um, at tip off, Bill, <laughs> Bill <laughs> Lambeer came out, and you know Palos yeah. Verdes back then it was a bunch of. White dudes who yeah. were loaded and had a lot of money, and yeah. just everyone thought they were just on um, y'all soft. Yeah. And Bill and Beer comes out and is like, "I'm going to drop thirty and twenty on your asses, and you guys would be out of here." Some something, yeah, of, that something of that nature. And he dropped like thirty yeah, and twenty five, and yeah. they beat Marina. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that Bill and Beer. If you t- you talk about that, uh, talk about that thirty for thirty on the on the Detroit Pistons. 
Bill Lambeer's dad made more money for him than him, like his first six or seven years in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't right. happen now. No, no. You know what I mean? So back to your <laughs> point, Marina's probably thinking, yeah, wait, we get these well, guys. Well, Marina's a bunch of white guys yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's pretty funny because obviously that was a huge upset for them to beat Verbum Day. You know, a great team there. You know, the program of the seventies in the state. Not sure and, if Marina beat Inglewood in this yeah. in their semi. Mm-hmm. That's my sound right. I Reggie think so. Theus Reggie, Reggie Theus, Theus, yeah. Yeah, they beat them Inglewood in their semi. Um, so, you know, Kreider's here in, in Indiana, and he's trying to get these results. This is 1975, obviously. So he can't publish his last results. So everybody thinks that he has Verbum Day as his national champ because his last last one had Verbum Day number one. Yeah, his last one had Verbum Day number one. So the National Sports News Service named Cashmere of Houston number one. They were they were undefeated in in, in Texas, 46 no great team. But besides back to Verbum Day, people, you know, you go look back and say Basketball Weekly, 75 champs is Verbum Day. They only got it to the semifinals. Oh, so man. Marina, yeah. So it's kind of a funny thing. So I always look at the first really weekly national rankings where there's a preseason poll, weekly, and finish is 75-76 that Kreider did. You know, and he did it all the way up to 83, and then he joined USA Today. Very interesting that he didn't become a full-time employee of USA Today to like 94. You know, so he did that as the again, job. again, yeah, same thing. To, yeah. You same can't become a full time employee right. of a of a news organization. It's, it's difficult. It's it very, is difficult. very difficult. Yeah, so he did those rankings it's difficult ten in years, yeah. and it's still difficult now. Yeah, yeah. very interesting stuff there. You know, uh, kudos to Dave Kreider, the late Dave Kreider. Kudos to my guy, kind of my colleague, one of my mentors, Doug Huff, for starting the National Prep Bowl, which became the Fab Fifty when he joined Student Sports. Uh, Fox wanted us. Uh, at the time, expand the rankings. They did a Fox Fab 50. Then it was on Student Sports and Student Sports Magazine for for uh, many years. Then we did it on Rivals. Then it got bought by, uh, you know, ESPN bought Student Sports. So we did it with them. And now we're doing it on Balls Live. So a lot of, uh, you know, the rankings. Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie moving those <laughs> yeah, rankings around. Yeah. Ronnie's <laughs> selling it to the highest bidder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very interesting <laughs> things. Uh you know, I, I gotta. It's funny because somebody hit me up. They go, "Wow, you know, I was really proud to be in USA Today's Super Twenty Five, our team, and be in there." So I think that's what it's for. People say, "Well, what are you guys doing this for?" There's no way to prove who's what's who's right, who's wrong. You know, is this team higher than this team? Well, Devin, if you don't make the NBA, if you're if you know, I definitely yeah, make the NBA. If you look back on it and you, I can shoot share, it. I didn't yeah, make the NBA though. If you want to share with your with your friends, hey, our team was one of. the a Fab 50 ranked team or in USA Today Super 25. That is big for a long time and for many people the rest of their lives. I remember yesterday, Greg Biggins, who who covers football for 247, uh, somebody asked him, I believe it was Travis Johnson who played at at, at, at Florida State for Bobby Bowden. He goes, hey, whatever happened to uh, Student Sports Magazine, I wish it was around. So we got to talking about it yesterday a little bit um, this week on, on Twitter. And we were just joking around having a good time with it. But the point is, and uh, George Reister also chimed in, who played in the NFL. He's from Silmore High School. Uh, those guys care about that stuff later. So, yeah, you know, they oh, he goes, man, uh, Reister goes, I wish I was on student sports cover. I wanted to be on the cover. Well, you, you guys yeah. used to give them for free to high schools, correct? Yeah, yeah for I many, remember yeah. At, when I was in high school, they'd have like a stack and whatever. I'd pick yeah. them up all the time, and I'd yeah. open it, and like, who's this bum Ronnie yeah, Flores? Yeah, this yeah. stuff is horrible. Yeah, Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like people yeah, – yeah, yeah. They was in schools. You got to know other players. And it was big to be on no, a cover. No, it was cool. It, it was, was cool, yeah. It yeah. was big to be on a cover of a magazine back then, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, that kind of sparked what I, what, how I got into the, yeah. whether it's, it was newspapers or Student Sports mm-hmm. Magazine or ESPN the Magazine, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. 
you see a high school athlete on the cover, yeah. you're like, whoa, that's this intriguing. Is, who's this big guy? You know, is, is he really this good? Some of the covers were like DJ Williams, um, Allison Felix was on yeah. the cover. Um, it's just going through different names. You know, the uh, the last cover for Student Sports Magazine was Deshaun Jackson in the in the spring, I think March of 2005, and then the magazine kind of discontinued. So, you know, that's why one of the reasons why we do the national rankings is to give people uh, not just a gauge of how good the teams are, but later on they can, uh, you know, they will uh, be very – Proud that they were in there. So right. on that note, I think we'll uh, get to wrapping this up. Thanks again, you guys, for listening and uh, for being involved and for, for tuning in. Uh, Devin, why don't you go ahead and close this out? Yeah, you guys can find us uh, on various streaming f- platforms, whether it's uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. And you can also find us on the Ball is Live app if you haven't downloaded that already. Make sure you do because you'll get the uh, immediate push notification is, is to win this and future episodes are available. Um, but like you said, Ryan, there's going to be some good basketball from here on out. Uh, whether it's a dream showcase, there's a few showcases uh, on this Saturday, the 11th. Um, one at Pasadena City College, uh, Pacifica Christian at in Newport Beach is, is hosting a, a solid showcase. I'll probably be at that one. Um, but for episode 51, I think that'll do it. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us uh, You know, every hour. Um, every hour, every week, uh, ramble on about various things, and we hope you guys can uh, subscribe and and continue to tune in. But uh, until next week, Ronnie and Devin are signing off.